three. And the idea was that we as a family come up with a mission statement for our family, right? Like what is God calling us to do? Whether our family is one, two, ten, whatever size family you have, what is God asking or directing you towards, okay? So I've got a couple of them to share with you that popped up on Facebook. So we had a hashtag, all right? So here they are. All right, the first one, this is Christina, and hers says, my home will be on mission to serve and love God by caring for others, pointing them to Jesus, praying for and discipling them, and I will have an open mind, heart, and home for all of God's people. All right, so that's her mission statement that she set forward. Then the Koenigs had one, maybe, they did. There we go. All right. The Koenig family is on mission to live out God's love by sharing our life and resources to encourage and serve our family, friends, and community. Okay. Now we had some other great ones that people like emailed me and different things, but I didn't put those up there. All right. So there's others than just those two that did their mission statement. All right. But here's the thing. When we look at those and when we read those, a lot of people can go, man, yeah, that's what we want to do but I don't know that we really have the time to do that, all right? That we have the time to do that. So I wanted to show you something because this past week, Abby and I sat down, all right, mainly Abby, let's be real, all right, my wife, like she sat down and she plotted out our calendar from September to December, all right? I wanted to share it with you because this is our life, okay? And yours may look very similar. And so everything is, I mean, like if I did this, y'all, it wouldn't be color coded like that. Like it wouldn't look that great. All right. But look at that. Some of you look at that and you start sweating or you get a little weird twitch, right? Like that is a busy, busy, full calendar. And you look at that and you go, okay, how are we ever going to do those things that we have put into our mission statement? Like, how are we ever going to do that? Because life can get so, so crazy, all right? So what we're going to begin to do and what we're going to walk through is this idea of managing our time. What does that look like for us in the, in the, the pathway, if you will, of what God has for us and for our life, all right? So I have this quote. I wrote it in one of my journals. I don't have a clue where I got it from, okay? But here it is. Time is something we all have but each choose to use in our own unique way. Some will waste it, and some will advance it and flourish. Right? Some will waste it, and some will advance it and flourish. And so in this series, here's what we want to do. We want to help you flourish with your time. Okay? It'd be really odd if I came in and said, hey, we want to help you waste your time. Right? Like, no, we want to help you flourish with your time time, okay? So join me for here for a second and break this down, okay? So we have 168 total hours in a week, all right? Most of us, if we get an average amount of sleep, okay, we are asleep for 49 of that. So that leaves us 119 hours. Now, on average, the, the average American works 50 hours a week, all right? So that leaves us only 69 hours in your week, to accomplish the things that you feel like God might be asking you to do. But also this, all that other stuff too, right? Right? So help me here for a minute, okay? So in those 69 hours, I'm going to draw a little dude here, all right? He's hanging out. He's even got some shoes on. I don't know why he'd have shoes and no pants and a shirt, but anyway, he's got shoes on, all right? So he's pretty happy, all right? Things are going well, 
All right, so throw at me some of the things that we have to do, okay, in those 69 hours. Like, what are the responsibilities that we have, things that we have to do? Go for it. Just meals. Yes, eat would be a good one. Shower. I sure hope so. What was that? Family. Okay. Keep going. The cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Whoa, okay, we'll, we'll put, okay, I heard cleaning and laundry. We'll just do home. How about that? Like the responsibilities of home, okay? Does that work? Well, those are big words. All right. <laughs> but I, I heard something you said, though, unexpected, right? Oh, you're just, yeah, you guys are just, I, you you're just trying to see what I can spell and not spell, right? Okay. Home, chiefs, eat, unexpected shower, family. Waiting. Waiting. Oh, man, you guys are getting deep on me here. Volunteering. Okay. Oh, yeah, that says volunteering, I promise. If I don't know how to spell something, I just make a scribble. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fitness. It doesn't have to be Numa, I promise. All right. Fitness? Okay. Excellent. So off of this, though, we've got a bunch of little things, right? Like so for home, we could take cleaning, we could take bills. That's the one we didn't put in there, right? Money management, time, right? But we got all these things in our home. Uh, in family, we've got, where'd family go? Family, we've got kids, we've got parents, we've got grandparents, we've got all these different wings in all these different places, Right? We've got so much going on. I guess shower, you probably don't do a lot of things in the shower. Maybe you do. All right. But eat. We got breakfast, lunch, dinner. All right. All those different things, right? Crazy busy. Life is nuts, right? Now, not to shame anyone in the room, but here's something we didn't say God. Right? Or abide or sit and be with Him. But here's the thing how often. Do we look at the crazy, and then we give all our time to the crazy, right? Like, we look at our schedule and go, man, that's pretty full. We got a lot to do. And so what's the first thing that tends to trickle off the end, right? That time to sit and that time to be with the Lord, okay? So here's the thing. As we're walking through this series, all right, we're going to help you tackle this thing of, of, of finances. We're going to help you tackle this thing of time, all right? But we really want to start in this place of the filter that we look at all of these things becomes this is the filter we're looking through, right? That this is the place we go first, that we don't look at this and get anxious and get twitchy, okay? Or we look at the calendar and we get anxious and twitchy, but we can look here first at the most stable thing we have, God himself, right? We can look there and then this helps us with the crazy, right? And so that's what we want to start and where we want to begin as we're walking through this series, okay? Is the stability in the crazy, right? Maybe? Yeah? Okay, good. All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn, if you will, to Matthew 16, okay? That's where we're going to start today. And if you don't have it, it's going to be on the screen and you'll be fixed up, all right? Or you can bring up your phone, just don't play Angry Birds or whatever the latest game is, all right? So we're going to be in Matthew 16, verse 13 is where we're going to start, okay? 
And in Matthew 16, here's, here's kind of the context. Okay, Jesus has brought his disciples together. They're sitting there eating, talking, hanging out. Okay, and then he asks them this question. And so let's read in verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, before this, at multiple points, he has claimed himself as the Son of Man, okay, the Son of God. He, is, he has said, that is who I am, all right? And so he asked his disciples, his closest followers, his buddies, his friends, he says, all right, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets, okay? And so here Jesus is sitting in front of them, he has proclaimed himself as the Son of Man, and they start throwing out all these other things that maybe he ultimately could be, right? And so he then comes back with this next question, but you, who do you say that I am, all right? And then Peter, man, old Peter, he's ready to step up. He's ready to say something, right? And so Peter steps up, and he says, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of of the living God. That's who you are. Like he gets it. He sees it, right? But for us this morning, that's the most important question. Before we get into all this time stuff and before we get into all this financial stuff, who do you say God is? Right? Like who do you say God is? And not what your mama says about who God is, not what your daddy says or your spouse, okay, or your family, but who do you say God is? Now, why is this question so important? Because this will um, ultimately determine how you respond to God. What you think about him and who you think he is will determine how you respond. So I can tell you all you want or all I want about, hey, this is what the Lord says about time or this is what the Lord says about finances. But if that's not the filter you're looking through, then you're just going to go, cool. That's good stuff. Great. Thanks. Right? No, it's okay. God says this, right? I trust that he is right and true. And so I will follow what he's asking me to do. All right? So who do you say God is? And I love the way that Peter responds, man. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Like he believed Jesus was who you said he was. Like he believed it. And sure, he messed up. He made some mistakes. But man, the majority of the time, 90% of the time, he did exactly what Jesus asked him to do. And he followed him and he did what he was asking him to to do. So who do you say Jesus is? All right? Because here's the great thing about Jesus as we kind of get into this, okay? Is that he desires relationship with you. Like he desires relationship with you. He wants to assist you in your time. He wants to assist you in your finances. He wants to assist you ultimately in every area of your life. The question is, is your hand open and are you willing and allowing him to do so? Do you allow him to have influence into your life? Or do we just look at our pocketbook and go, well, you know, this is crazy. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm going to do. Or we look at our calendar, we look at our schedule, and we go, I don't know. I'm not really sure, right? But here's the thing, okay? He desires relationship. Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be 
saved, right? And so then it's through that salvation that we then walk in obedience with him. The understanding of what he has done for us, okay? And so that obedience then comes into these areas of our life. And we say, okay, yeah, this is going to be the filter that I'm going to look through to then lead me in where I'm going. But if we don't allow him to do that, then we just look at it and go, man, got a lot going on, don't we? Right? Now, here's the thing. Okay, here's, here's the interesting thing, I guess, is that it, if you're a follower of Jesus or not, okay, we all have the same 69 hours, right? And we all have the six, same 69 hours to go, oops, I forgot God in the mix, okay? But then we look at these scriptures like Matthew 6, and Matthew 23, which we really looked at pretty hard in our last series. Seek first the kingdom of God, right? Okay, so we're going to seek this first? No, we're going to seek this first. We're going to seek first the kingdom of God and what he's asking us to do. Or we have scripture like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, speaking into our lives as a believer and follower of Jesus. And so then this becomes what, yes, the first filter we're going to see before we look at all the things that are going on in our life. Okay? And so we allow him to do so. Now, here's the thing. As we were preparing for this series, we were looking for stats and different things, and we found this one. Eight out of ten Christians, okay, that's Christians, right, wish that they read their Bibles more because they believe it will, in fact, have a positive impact on their lives. Eight out of ten want to read it more because they know there's a positive impact from applying Scripture into their life. But what was the number one reason that kept them from doing it? Time. We don't have time. Now, it's not to make you feel guilty, but it's to just kind of set some reality in front of us, right? Again, that we get into the crazy and we give all the crazy the time, right? Like, here we go. I'm going to pour everything into all of this and not pour everything into him, okay? Now, I want to share one more scripture with you as we continue, okay? So if you have your Bibles, again, flip over to Luke chapter 10. And this is a story that is used often for this idea of busyness, but I hope to kind of break out some new stuff for you today, okay? And so when we look at this account in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38, all right, Jesus is again traveling, and he comes to a house and a home, all right, and he's invited into that home. So let's take that for instance. If you are a follower and believer of Jesus, you've now invited Jesus into your life, right? You've invited Jesus into your home. And you're saying, okay, you're going to be Lord of my home, right? And so this particular individual has invited him into her actual home, okay? But there's definitely some principles we can apply to our homes, all right? So verse 38, while they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed her into her home. You see? Here, come, Jesus. And she had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about Many things, but one thing is necessary. Let me read that again. You're worried about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary 
has made the right choice. So what was the right choice? The, the many things or the one thing? Well, the one thing was the right choice, right? So Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. You see, Mary is sitting here with me. You're worried about all the other stuff you got going on, all the preparation, all the, the meal. You got to get it together. You got all that, but I am here in your presence sitting with you, and you're all worried about what's going on, the expectation that you put on yourself, right? The preparation, the task, all the crazy. <laughs> she was all about that. And Mary then sits at the feet of Jesus and soaks in everything he has to say. But here's the fun thing, okay? When we sit with him, the task moved to the side, okay? And when we hear from him and through prayer, we then are able to rise up and then walk into the crazy, right? I would much rather walk into the crazy with Jesus by my side than walk into the crazy with no help at all. To step into the crazy by starting and by sitting at his feet, all right? So here's the thing. As we started this series last week, okay, we watched a video of Dave Ramsey, and he had these four points. He said five, but he only had four. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. He's a money guy, works with numbers. Funny. Okay, anyway, so here's the thing, all right? He gave us four points last week, but here's the thing. If we take those and we apply those to our time, watch what can happen, okay? So the first one, the first point he said was, Get on a budget, right? Get on a budget. So he's talking about money. You get on a budget with your money. You know and you tell your money where to go. Well, imagine if you were to tell your time what to do, right? Instead of your time telling you what to do, right? And so I loved it. Somebody said the unexpected, right? Because something will pop up or something will happen. And what do we do? We go straight into that and we worry about that, right? But what if we told our time what to do and we kind of put it on a budget, if you will. And we looked at our calendar and we said, okay, God is going to be the number one priority on my calendar. Whether it's in the morning, whether it's at lunch, whether it's at night, I'm going to make that my priority. All right. So he said, get on a budget. The next thing he said was avoid debt, right? Avoid debt. And so make the most of your time. In other words, don't just piddle it away. Don't waste your time you know, there's stats. I don't know the exact stats, but how much time folks spend on social media, how much time folks spend just sitting on the computer or playing video games or doing whatever, and we just let that time slip through our fingers, and it just goes away, right? So avoid the debt. The next one he says is this. He says, foster high-quality relationships, right? Foster high-quality relationships. So in that, we kind of use this terminology around here of making church friends, right? This opportunity for you to connect with people around you within the church, making church friends. Well, how can you do that in the next couple of weeks? Well, glad you asked. Let me help you out. All right, so we've got Financial Peace University coming up, a great opportunity for you not only to connect with church friends, but also to work through and how am I going to manage this side of my finances, right? So you can connect, but you can also manage, if you want to connect and you're like, man, I don't have the time to do Financial Peace University, okay, come connect by serving here within our body. 
right? There's places that we can connect, but those high quality relationships will help us and steer us in the direction that we need to go. If you put the people around you that are pointing themselves towards Jesus, guess where you're going to point yourself? Towards Jesus. It's an awesome thing. It's a beautiful thing of community that God has created. Okay, the next one is this. And the final one he said was be outrageously generous. So if we do those steps before, then it allows us to be outrageously generous. What if you were able to be outrageously generous with your time and you were always in kind of this mode of worship, right? Where you're always just willing and you have time built into your calendar even maybe for the unexpected, or you have time built in for worship, and you have time for growing the people around you and reaching into their lives, right? Loving him so much. But look here. Here's the fun thing about all this, okay? That's a terrible heart, but it's supposed to be a heart, all right? But when God has this, when God has your heart, Guess what happens? That affects everything else. Right? And so when God has your heart, and that looks even crazier, doesn't it? But man, where does it start? It starts right here. And it starts right there in the heart, and it allows us then to pour out into the crazy. And so my first question for you this morning is this Does God have your heart? Does he have your heart? Is he directing your path and leading the direction of your life? Or are you just simply saying, well, this is what I'm going to do, and God, if you want to come on with me, let's go. Right? Like, this is where I want to go. Come on, let's do it. Are you allowing him to direct it? Does he have your heart? And the second question is this. What are the things that are getting in the way of our intentional time? And we've had some cool things happen in in some of our D groups where folks have deleted apps because they're taking up their time or they've even cleaned off their phone because it's taking up their time but that's the recognition of what is holding me back from this time this relationship that i have with jesus like what's getting in the way what's holding us back and so as we start this conversation over the next couple weeks look i don't want you to feel guilty i want you to go okay let's change as dave said last week right Let's change our direction. Let's change the things that we're doing. Cool? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us, okay? Morgan's going to come up. She's going to play through our last song here. And I'd love for you just to kind of think through that. Man, what are the things that are holding you back? Do you have the relationship with Jesus, number one? Is it there? Like you're a follower of Jesus, cool. If that's the case, then yes. Okay. So what's the next thing that then is holding me back in my time? What is it that's consuming that? Okay. All right. And if you need to, you can even come up here and, and lay it down. You know, we, we don't have a stage or steps or an altar or anything, but you can, you can definitely come up here as kind of a sign of obedience of Lord. This is what I'm laying down before you, right? Laying down before you as the thing that is keeping me from true relationship with you, strong relationship with you, okay? So let me pray for us, and we'll continue forward. So Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. And Lord, as we begin this conversation of managing our time and this conversation of managing our money, Lord, we lay that before you. And Lord, these next couple weeks may not be easy, but Lord, we can see on the other side of it the benefits of following you. 
Lord, it's so funny how when we follow your word and we're obedient to what you're asking us to do, that it typically, typically turns out well. So we thank you for that. And Lord, we lift that to you this morning. And Lord, whatever that thing might be, Lord, will you give us the, just the, the courage and the boldness to take whatever step we need to take to remove that from our lives? And it may be a temporary removal, it may be a, a permanent removal, but Lord, you will help us to find that and to seek that. But Lord, I pray that our eyes and our ears are open to what that is for us. And Lord, if we're here this morning and we don't have a relationship with you, Lord, we just pray that you will intercede in our lives. And Lord, that we will take hold of that and we will step before you and allow you to lead us. Because when we allow you to lead us, Lord, then we see you leading us in our family. We see you leading us in our home. We see you leading us in our finances. And Lord, we see you leading us in, in all areas of our life. We praise you. And we thank you that you gave your life for us. So this morning... Lord, will you just bring us to the understanding and the knowledge of what you so desire us to do. And we just give these next few minutes to you. Lord, may you speak to us. We praise you in your son's name.